Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. We have a very special episode for you today. We have Thomas Jacobs from Katie Season here to break down all things Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, and of course, we're going to get to know him a little bit. But first, you know how we do. We got to do hot takes. But today, we're going to be doing it a little differently. We're going to play a game called Would You End the Relationship? (laughs) So basically, Mike and I are going to give each other different scenarios, different relationship scenarios where we need to decide whether we would end the relationship or not. Is this bad enough to end the relationship or could you get through it together? So we're going to ask a couple questions and we'd love the audience to participate and give us your thoughts. So Mike... I'm going to let you take it away. I, I love this game. It's going to be pretty fun. I think that we need to have a base, a baseline, though, for all the questions. Our individuals have been married for seven years and they have one child. Oh, OK. You're setting stipulations on this. Yeah. game. OK. Because married with be, one child. Married Context with one child. matters. Context yeah, matters. I mean, it does right. matter because if we've been dating for three months, psh, I'm saying no to everything. Right. All right. So my first would you continue the relationship or not is this. Your partner tells you that they had sex with somebody else. Their excuse is that they were extremely drunk and they were so sincere about it. Would you end the relationship, Brian? Sincere or not? I mean, it's over. Like, what? <laughs> like, why? Like, the, the, when you started reading the sentence, I was like, what? Is this a joke? Extremely you, drunk? I have mean, you come ever on been now. blackout? I have been blackout, but I don't think I've ever, I, well, I for sure haven't taken advantage of, of anybody and I, Pretty sure I haven't been taken advantage of when I was blacked out, and it hasn't been that many times in my life. But that's no excuse. I I agree with you. It's no excuse. I I mean, you chose to drink those beverages, right? Drunk actions are sober thoughts. I agree. Yeah, I mean, all you know, this isn't have anything to do with. Yeah, no. So I got a quick story about that. Yeah, I always got stories, you know. So when I turned twenty six years old, I was living. uh, Yeah, I turned twenty six years old, and. My ex at the time threw me a birthday party, right? She had shots that said MJ23. I spelled out MJ23. Okay. Me being the jovial individual I am that likes to drink every now and then, I drunk, I would say 90% of those shots <laughs> said MJ26, right? I yeah, had this on the floor, bro. I had at least 30 shots <laughs> that night, right? My ex and my uh, ex's mother, at the end of the night, they're carrying me out of the car and into their house, right? Okay. Literally, you know, I'm a taller individual. I weigh a bit more. They have to carry me into the house. That for was whatever a hall, reason, man. <laughs> yeah. For I don't remember this story at all. They just tell me about it. For whatever reason, they said that I once they were carrying me. Once the door was open, I sprinted upstairs. <laughs> I don't know why, but I sprinted upstairs. You have no I, recollection of this. Yeah, I have no <laughs> recollection. Right. I go to the bathroom, you know, piss or whatever, and then I, I fall into the bed. My ex is taking off my clothes. I don't remember this story for the record. I'm. I was extremely drunk. My ex is taking off my clothes. And well, I laughed when I heard this story. My ex, uh, my ex told me, she was like, I was saying, hold up, you can't do that. I got a girl. So my girl is oh. pissed. My girl is like, who the And you're in you know, no position. Girl, you're right? in no position at that moment to defend yourself. Yeah, like, I'm you like, don't know where I, you I are. Know I don't know the words coming up. You know, have you seen like those <laughs> funny uh, comedies? Do you understand like, the words like, that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, where like the kid is like, messed up a drug from the dentist and they don't know what they're oh, saying. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. That's how I was, right? So I'm telling my ex who's taking on my clothes. I'm like, yo, stop, I got a girl. 
This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My ex is like, who the hell is your girl getting pissed off or whatever? (laughs) And then... My ex's mom comes upstairs too, right? And my ex was explaining the story to her mom, and her mom was like, "So who's your girl?" And I say my girl's name, which is her taking off my clothes. So I won the most points in the world because I was like so drunk. <laughs> but I, all I knew was my ex's name. So basically, she knew that if you were for whatever reason in that type of scenario, yeah, she got you would have behaved. Friends. You would have behaved. Well, the dick probably wouldn't have got off. Well, like, <laughs> this brain would have been thinking something else, yeah, the but brain you know, been like, Yo, the other one, all bets are off. Yeah. All bets are off. So oh I was, man, I was in like super good, you know, super good graces with her. Like, oh super man, drunk, extremely drunk. But anyway, what, that's uh, a dope. That's a dope story. That's a dope story. All right, I thought so, it was dope too. You know what shit I talked to her afterwards? I was like, yeah, I was super <laughs> drunk, and I still said your name. What's up? All right, mine is. Your partner has zero drive and ambition. They have a job, but no desire to work towards a promotion or bettering themselves. And they just seem to be very lazy. Would you end the relationship? I thought, this is what do you why say? I set the presidency. They've been married for Married with a kid. Married with a kid. In this case, I can't. Because I think, that we, I, okay. I think that we all have seasons that we go through, man. And like, they might just be in a lull season, right? They, you know, we don't know the scenario. They may have everything in life that they've strived for and they might just, shit, they might just be taking an R&R break. Or, or they may genuinely be depressed or sad or they don't, hell, they might, we don't know. There's so many factors. Yeah, You're so right. There's so many factors. So I many mean, factors. but like, I ba- barring, you know, some like depression or anything like that, like, let's just say they're, Happy individuals. They're just lazy. They would they would need a kick in the ass. I'm sorry, man or woman. Like at least have a passion. At least like strive for something. You know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing I love more than an ambitious woman, and it's one of the traits of my wife that I love the most is her ambition. Like that girl grinds. Like I mean, again, the joke going around is she has a thousand fifty five jobs, right? So every time I go to IG, she's got something else to celebrate. I'm like, damn, Rachel. Yeah, exactly. So she's doing her thing. So it's like, how? Like I would feel terrible by myself if I just like laid on the couch all day, like chilling. True. You know what I mean? It's like, nah. I gotta like I want I want my woman to be proud of me and vice versa. You know what okay, I'm saying? So what? So Rachel is, as we know, extremely accomplished. Is incredibly ambitious. What if in two years she's just like, she goes on a four year, I ain't doing shit. That, that's not in her nature. I can't even, I can't even envision that. I can't even envision that. That's not, that's not in her DNA, bro. She's got grinding DNA for sure. So I, I couldn't see that, but 
if she ever did that, I feel she would have gotten to a point where I can't yeah. say shit. You know what exactly. I'm saying? It's like, all right, boo, you 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 deserve the time yeah. to rest because you've destroyed the game and you're like a multimillionaire. Like we got yeah. we got time. Yeah. So See, that's my thing. Like if she's a if she got passive income coming in and she, you know, keeping in shape, she, I mean, what really can you say? Yeah, no, you can't say nothing. You it's can't like, say well, nothing. You it's can't like, say that, anything. That's the situation to where like a lot of these YouTube kids got more money than their parents. Yeah. Like, oh, what can the parents? It's like Kanye, bro. You can't tell me nothing. Yeah, like what can you? It's do like, you? wait till I get my money up. All right, so go ahead, man. Go. What's what's yours? What's another right. one of yours? So, I have uh, this one right here. You find out your partner has been messaging somebody else. Mm. Messages are flirty, and you're not happy with them at all. But as far as you're aware, your partner hasn't met up with the person they're texting. Would you end the relationship? Ah, uh, with your damn stipulations, man. Married with a kid, that's tough. Yeah, that's why I got it. Because it's, it's so much easier if it was like three, four. Here's the thing. It, here's the thing. It's like, how much stock do you put into emotional cheating? Because that is a thing, bro. And that shit yeah, is not fucking cool. Like, that could be sometimes as damaging as the physical cheating. You know what I'm saying? So I need to know what this flirtation is about like is it just innocent or is this like real emotions being exchanged like i love you no i don't give a damn if it is innocent but you can have you can have a a, a husband like at work you know a work bay yeah i'm cool with that level of flirty but in the texas when you at home on the couch with me when i'm with my arm around you yeah, oh no. you didn't you didn't nah. say that right next to you that's yeah, dirty like, that's dirty texan bay uh her work bay with flirts and you thinking she's texting her one of her home girls no nah, i can't have that so end the relationship, marriage over. No, I'm not ending it. I'm putting my foot down. I'm like, yo, what is this? Okay, we're okay. Do this. Like, we don't. It's not what we're gonna do. Oh no, a talk is definitely gonna be had. Yeah, you need to yeah. sit them down and be like, look, like if I see this shit again, like we're gonna have problems. Like yeah, we're having like, problems right now. Like you're in the doghouse. Like no sure, doubt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out my phone, and text my girl Beyonce right quick. What's up, babe? <laughs> it's like we both we both could play this game. Yeah. You wanna play? Let's go. <laughs> All honestly, right. We will probably lose to the ladies. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, my another one of mine is on your wedding day. So had had to choose this one because of the wedding. So on your wedding day, you find out that your partner had an affair. Mm. When you confront them about it, they swear that it's over, and you believe them. The wedding is all paid for, and your guests have started to arrive. Oh God, Bro. what would you end the relationship? Bro, this is the best man. This is the best man. Yeah, the best? This, yeah. is the, this is the best man script. This is but it. Listeners, if you haven't watched Best Man, it's a great movie. Go watch. This is literally the script. So what do you do, Mike? Everything is paid for. You're in your tux. You're ready to walk down the aisle. And you what? just get this oh. devastating news that this woman has. Literally, you reading that, I felt that. You know, as men, sometimes when you like see a man get his junk messed up and you feel that, I felt that when you read that. So technically your rules don't apply in this one. Yeah, my rules No marriage, no kids. So what do you do? Do you well, spend the rest of your life with this woman or do you end the relationship? I mean, after I just said my vows, like, and I feel like them, first off, they're hella, I'm pissed off at, but I'm gonna stay with <laughs> them, bro. I'm like, I'm gonna stay. And the only reason I'm gonna stay is because they told me it was too late. But they did tell me, and they felt. They so on your me. wedding day. So on your wedding day. I'm gonna cry. I ain't gonna front. Like I'm not really a you know a crier like that. Uh, I'm not a 
I would cry. I, I damn near want to cry right now because I, I can feel how it. Do you, how do you even go through with it, though? Like, what? let's just wait, say. Do they, wait, do they tell you like that night? Do they tell you before the wedding? It's like, the question is. On your wedding day, like that day that you're oh, gonna we walk the down the aisle, we're at the Thanks. reception, bro. The the guests are arriving. Oh, guests what do you do? Oh, shit. Now check this out. What if okay. she smashed yes. the homie? Oh hell no. What That's if this was like a year ago no. that she smashed the homie? She smashed one of my best men. That's a no. Like we're not getting married. Okay. If she smashed like random, ran, random rando guy. when she was with her girls in, in Cabo, I'm 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 hurt. I really am. Oh hurt. wow. That's but tough. I have, but I have to say. I've told, we talked about it before. Remember we had Bree on and I said, Bree and I said, we would stay with our partner if they cheated once, depending on what the cheat was. We've never cheated, nor would we, but I, I, I would stay, bro. The reason know. is because one of my tattoos is acceptance and forgiveness. It, I, I would stay, I would say. It would hurt me a lot. I ain't gonna lie, I, it, would, I, it would hurt me. I, I might know, do some immature stuff. I might call Beyonce up right quick. That, you know. For me, bro, I, I I don't think I could go through with it. I think that that would cast such a dark cloud over the marriage. Like, all the shit that's going to come on after the fact. I don't know, man. I think... But look at, at this. How, look at it from this angle. How much stronger your relationship will be if you can get through that? Because they told you for a reason. They told you because it was deep on their conscience. But, but girl, before... <laughs> right, right before the wedding, like... Why even plan earlier? a wedding? Yeah, like why even plan a wedding? So like, if you told me that day, that, does that mean it just happened? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. all those thoughts if, are going to go through. If this yeah. happened a year ago, it's like I hope you would have told me before we started wedding planning. So Agreed. and not because I mean, think about it, dude. Your family's there. I mean, how embarrassing is that, bro? I, I agree with everything you're saying. I like, just look at it from a different lens. Like, how much stronger when you guys get through that? How much stronger she's gonna. I'm, she will look at you in such a different light of respect. That's yeah, but w w could she look at you in a light of respect, or could she possibly look at you like, over. "All right, I could, I could do this again," yeah, and this dude's gonna forgive me because if if he forgave me right before we got married, well, I think that's the and that's the that's what you have to read in that conversation when you go off on her ass because you're gonna go off. That's what you have to read in that conversation. You got to be able to read your girl and read her good. Like, See, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like on both ends of the ends of the spectrum. It's like on one end, on the hundred level, it's like blast her out in front of everybody. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, let's just get through this night. We'll get this shit annulled in the morning. I don't know. So we'll get it annulled in the morning. But oh, I forgot about that aspect. Uh, there you go. I mean, you got like three months, right, to get it annulled. Yeah, you have a good time. It's everything's paid for. You get drunk as hell. Oh, I'm getting drunk that night for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. All right, let's get through one more. Your partner always makes fun of you in front of people in an attempt to make everybody else laugh. Mm. You don't really think much of it to begin with, but it soon becomes a regular occurrence. What did you in the relationship? I've seen this happen before. And I've I, had a, listen, I, I can relate to this one because Rachel's a jokester. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. the way she was brought up, was like that you know what i'm saying like her and her sisters like her cousins they would like throw zingers at each other you know what i'm saying and just like uh, yeah. kind of crack jokes and clown you but at the same time obviously there was always love and respect there but if you're not that type of person you may take that the wrong way you know what i'm saying so it's like i feel it would it's cool if it's behind closed door and you're just clowning each other back and forth you know what i'm saying but if it's in like a public setting and it happens multiple times and it bothers you 
I'd step up to the person and be yeah, like, you, you babe, check. it's like, babe, come on. Like, can you, it, it kind of embarrasses me. Like it makes me look bad in front of your people. Like yeah, it makes check. them respect me less. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with you completely on that. I once had, a, I was in the military and it was my homeboy doing this to his wife, right? Mm. And it was, in, it was hurting me. Like I had to go up to him behind closed doors. He was my superior at that, right? You know, in military, you got to really pay attention to rankings. So he was my superior. I had to tell him behind closed doors, bro, because his girl had braces. And he made a funny joke. I ain't gonna lie, it was hilarious. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious, right? <laughs> but he made a funny joke about it. I was like, bro, you gotta stop talking like this about your wife, man. Like, oh, you, you told legit. him, you had to sit him down. I had to because of who am I, and this is a big thing about me, silence is acceptance. Who am I to not appreciate the way he's talking about his wife, but I'm sitting there laughing at the jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're you're culpable there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. And so therefore, I had to tell him about it because it's not him and his lady can do their own banter. You can even talk crap about each other in per, uh, with other people around, but there gets to a certain point to where it's like, yo, you've hit your one limit for the for the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? How did how did he react when you when you talked to him about it? He respected me. Like honestly, I, I think he had such a higher light for me because I took him to the side, so therefore he didn't get disrespected. Or feel because you know he's a, a superior, and I was respectful. I was like, "Yo, this is the way that you made me feel, and this is the way I saw your wife's facial reaction." Mm. And she may have been like, she she may have been belittled so much that she may have been like shut out. Right? And she went into a shell. Yeah, she went to a shell, so she couldn't communicate her thoughts. Right, and so yeah. therefore, I saw it, so I had to speak on it. Gotcha. All yeah, right, but well, I, I, I'm not cool with that. I mean, think about that, man. Like think about how much you possibly helped their relationship. Like maybe your guy took that and, you know, ran with it and made her extremely happy. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was a, a talk that definitely needed to be had. But um, man, I'm ready for Thomas Jacobs to come in. We've heard a lot about him. We've seen a lot about him on the show. You know, Thomas wanted to be the bachelor. He said, uh, which is, you know, honest of him talking about honesty. Very bold. Uh, yeah, very bold. He's on paradise right now. He's kind of getting the shit in the stick from the other fellas. So, I just want to know about Thomas from Thomas's own viewpoint. Let's bring him in. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Thomas, thank you for being here today. You're looking good, man. Yeah, you look like you're on a, a LinkedIn Zoom interview right now, but we appreciate it. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a work day, brother. It, it's, it is I'm, a work I'm, day. I'm on a bunch of calls. It's, we have things we have to do. It's just, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that this is definitely my highlight of the day, being able to talk to you gentlemen. Absolutely. Love it, man. Well, let's get right into it. So, Thomas, right now we're watching Paradise. First off, how was your experience on Paradise versus your experience on The Bachelor? 
night and day. You can't even compare the two. And I know a lot of people just watching that first episode, they're like, well, it seems pretty similar as far as what I was walking into. However, just the energy, just the overall atmosphere and just people's outlook towards really being there to find love and really being able to grow as themselves and as a collective community, that was an energy that I wouldn't have traded for the world. On which one? Which one are you discussing? For paradise. For paradise. And with that said, I mean, you can't have one without the other. It's a reciprocating force. With everything that I went through on The Bachelorette and everything that happened in New Mexico and those relationships that I had with the guys and also being able to dive deeper in the relationship with myself, all that led into paradise and all that led into a place where I am so thankful and so grateful to be able to have been a part of it all. And Thomas, like, what do you attribute? Because, I mean, we recently saw you walk onto the beach. All these guys are talking mad trash, just like they were on the Bachelorette season. Like, what, in your own words, like, what do you attribute that to? Are they just, well, just are they, is, are uh, they just would, haters or what? I wouldn't say they're haters. I mean, if you're going to have people, like we were just talking about with Jim Valvano, worked up to some sort of emotion, something had to trigger that. Yeah, it did something just law of physics uh, objects not going to go into motion without a force leading into it. I feel like although I do have direct responsibility and getting those wheels turning with anything that gains momentum, it can take a life of its own. And I think what everyone's seen historically is the situations that I'm involved in. Normally, they wouldn't really be that big of situations, but with some different emotions, different different underlying factors, it definitely escalated. Wait, you're you're saying so much there, but yeah, at the you're same saying, time saying all, nothing. Like, come on, man, break it down. Break it down. Are they are they insecure? Are they jealous? Are they haters? Like, what? How do you feel? How do you? We, we walked into a really fresh situation. Just point blank, I think if we had time in between Katie season and going directly to Paradise, things would have been different. We didn't get to see our season. We didn't get to hash anything out. Literally, we wrapped in New Mexico and we were on a beach. So it's like the okay. next day, fair. nothing was able to heal. And then you saw that firsthand when I walked in. Okay, I got you there. I, I hear I you. you. That's fair. That's fair. Do you feel, I mean, where does this this emotion, we're going to use your terminology, stem from when you were on Katie season with the guy? Is it because that you said you spoke your truth of, you know, considering being a bachelor? Or, or was it something else that we didn't get to see? Where does this emotion that the guys have stem from? I think. Because we weren't any- there. For example, we, we were supporting people here in every locker room and in any team. A common enemy is going to bring people together closer than anything else. And one of the things that we saw in Katie's season is they had such a tight connection with all the guys. And one of the things that they were really able to bond them, unfortunately for me, I feel was almost like turning me into this emotional like totem pole to put all their energy on and like really gather together. And I think that's one of the reasons why like everything happened so quickly for me. I was like the odd man out. And Why? They got closer through that. Why uh, were you the I, common enemy? Using your words again. Mm-hmm. Why are you the common enemy? I, I, I do feel like out the gates, I had a really strong connection with Katie. And I wasn't yeah. afraid to let that be known. And it was something I wasn't necessarily buddy-buddy with everybody. I mean, I saw it directly on the season. If I had a chance to talk to Katie, I was going to do that. If I had an opportunity to go act on something, I was going to do that. And in retrospect, when you look at that actual group dynamic, that that is stepping on people's toes. And that is something that's a little unsettling. And it was going against the current of what the actual house had developed. And by default, it was swimming upstream. And that's what carried over when we 
Eurocentric paradise as well. Can I, can I interject and say, were you, was it that you were being assertive with going after Katie and may have, the other guys may have felt a bit insecure in regards to that? Is that? No, I wouldn't necessarily say they were insecure on that. I think there was a lot of confusion to it because I was very direct going after Katie, but I was also back at the house. I would try to go out of my way to love and support and encourage some of the guys around. And then in doing that, they see two different things. Like, all right, well, here's this guy who's not playing by the rules that we've established here. Well, you got to do air quotes because there are no rules, right? What are the that's, rules? <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. So my biggest assumption was that like we were here trying to like actually pursue love and then in that journey grow together and i broke some unwritten rules one the way that i behaved with the guys two the things that i said like god forbid you look at every single aspect of an outcome when you walk into a situation um i didn't get the memo that i was supposed to verbalize some things but at the end of the day like that was my truth and i let, spoke it let, and let, it's something that let's get into that thomas i mean sure. I, I gotta I gotta commend you, man. You showed a lot of balls by basically just coming out and saying, Yeah, I've thought of being the bachelor. Are a lot of the those guys in that room that day, are they full of shit? Because like did 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 how many of those guys do you feel would have said the same thing, but they were just too scared to say it in that moment? I'd say ninety-nine percent of people who go through that process when they first get a call and say, Hey, are you interested in doing this show? you think of every single potential outcome. And what they ask me is like, is that something that ever crossed your mind? And the answer is yes. And everybody in that room, at some point, that has to be a thought. I mean, you guys could attest to it yourselves. Like you've gone through this situation. I could ask that same question to you. When you were first recruited to the show, is that a potential thought that had passed your mind for any given glancing moment? So I gotta stop you right there, Thomas. And I, and I, I love this conversation, but I gotta you know defend myself. When they first called me back, I, I hung the phone up. Cause I thought it was a prank call. And then huh. when I went on the show, I didn't, I didn't even know the bachelor was a, a, a lead was something that you could obtain to. So uh, I would See Mike, I, I think that's, that's a fair point. For somebody that's never watched the show, you're just walking in, I'm gonna meet this gorgeous woman and we're gonna see if we're compatible. That's kind of like your mindset. But yeah. then at the same time, like Tom was saying- If you watch the show and you know how it works. If you watch the show and you've watched yeah. it for years, it's like, yeah. It's really hard not to, I guess, place yourself in that scenario, just even as a hypothetical, right? And then whatever, you dismiss it. And even when you go on the season, like Thomas was saying, I mean, you're honed in on the lead. Like he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He's, he was honed in on the lead and other guys got in their feelings about it, I think. So, but I agree with you, Thomas. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, they just decided to stay quiet, you know, just to not ruffle feathers. And then you got, you know, you got outed by them. So Thomas, two thoughts. It happens. Let's hear Mike. You 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 give me you make me think of like great athletes like Kobe or Michael. And what I mean by that is their teammates a lot of times don't necessarily like them, right? But it's because that individual is zoned in. You know, they still want a lollygag and things of that nature. And sometimes it may ruffle, ruffle the feathers. But at the end of the day, we're not mad at Kobe. We're not mad at Michael. We actually adore the them. Respect. Right? You respect, we respect them. them. So my, my question to that is, did you like Katie or did you want to win Katie? I'm asking that genuinely. Don't like think about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's your chance to like her. I did like Katie, but I will say everything about that. I like the idea of Katie more so than anything. 
looking into just that entire process, it's, I was single for four years leading into that. And it took me a lot to get to the point where I felt I was ready to actually pursue that again. And in doing so, I had to really just gear myself up mentally and get through a lot of personal demons that ended my previous relationship. Uh, I had been coming from circumstances where I had so much hurt in my last relationship that I didn't know if I was going to be ready to dive into another like full on, let's give it everything that I have type situation. And when I got recruited to be on the Bachelorette, it was something that was right around the same time where I'm like, you know, what? I'm ready to try to love again. I'm ready to try to go all in. I'm ready to try to do these things. And when you are first opening yourself up to those possibilities after a long time and a lot of hardship, you have to almost really psych yourself up. You have to get ready to just go all in. It's just, I'm jumping in this water with two feet. And for me, that process, it turned into, and I, I apologize to Katie for this, I, I, it turned into almost like a representation of, of what I've been striving for projected on Katie. And yes, I, I liked Katie. I think she's a great person. I still think highly of her and I wish her nothing but the best. And my emotions definitely did get charged to a point past where they would if we were doing this in a normal world scenario. However, at the end of the day, that gave me the assurance, that gave me the confidence that, well, I really am ready to find love. I really am ready to open myself up. And most importantly, I'm ready to do it the right way. I just had to touch that stove really quick with Katie and New Mexico to realize that, yeah, I still have this fire burning in me and I want to make it happen. If you wouldn't mind, um, like what happened in your previous relationship that, you know, caused you all that hurt? So um, I was dating my ex and we were super serious. We were back and forth. I was living back and forth in San Diego, Guadalajara. Um, I thought she was one and my family thought she was one and everything was going the way that you would expect the love story to unfold. Um, and she ended up getting pregnant and we were ready to take that next step in our lives and really like establish this is this is life this is real and we ended up losing the child yeah. um hear that man and when that happened it, it just it opened up so many different wounds in so many different places for both of us and being in a long distance relationship and trying to fight through um some really serious traumas it ended up just pulling us apart entirely and yeah. for me what that, what that left was the feeling of, of exploring love and the feeling of going all in and then losing that. It wasn't just like a relationship. It was, it was real. It was, this is a potential mother of your future children. This is a potential like wife. Yeah. And that's something that like I held with me so tight. And I, I wish they showed it in Katie season. Um, I had that breakthrough that like, I was ready to let that go and, and move forward in my journey to be a man, my journey to be a husband, my journey to be a father in a direct conversation that I had with Katie. Yeah. And that was right before all the emotions really got supercharged and put me in a place where I was just like, I'm ready for love. Like this is, this is what I'm here for. Like I'm ready to let go of all the fear that's been holding me back 
for the last four years. I'm ready to let go of just that pain that I went through. And I want to find something that made all that that I've experienced just worth it. And the the sad reality of that was I did project things on the Katie off of the complexities that were going on within me. And I would go through that all again because I am confident at the point where I am fully ready. I, I've been able to work through that. And that's what I needed to knock down that last wall, that last barrier. It helped you grow. To really move forward with my life. Yeah. Yeah. Can you no talk doubt. more about the man Thomas is prior to going on the show? And I appreciate you saying mm -hmm. that. I went through something very similar. Uh, how was your upbringing, your childhood? We know your, your grandfather, super intelligent with the Yale and Harvard, right? Mm -hmm. uh, who is Thomas outside of TV? Uh, so just, just touching my grandfather. Um, Legacy and what you leave behind is probably the most important things to me, just because I, as a half African-American mixed child and someone who's been able to see a lot of success and see just what generations before us have done to push my life forward, um, I had that direct role model with my grandfather. And that's something that I carried with me all the time. And I'd say that's probably the biggest attributing factor to who I am in my life. Because it's, it's, I, I've had so many blessings that I cannot say I was directly responsible for. It was from those who sacrificed to get me where I am. So every day that I try to live my life, it's how can I pass these blessings on to other people? How can we make a legacy and take what we've been blessed with and just make that tenfold everyone we come into contact with? And I structure my life that way. And it's all just based off the role models that I had from my grandfather, all my grandparents, my parents directly, I'm from a military household. My dad was a colonel in the army after 9-11. He switched over to the private sector. Ooh, no, how and that is. He was, he, was, he was gone a lot. And it was something that was hard, but I understood the sacrifice that he was making wasn't necessarily him not wanting to be there with us. It was him yeah. wanting to leave a better world for us. Um, and then in that, my mom, she's the strongest, most amazing woman I've ever met in my entire life. She has four kids. She works full time. She's a COO of a space company and she's still just super mom. And I saw like firsthand, although I had to grow up a little quicker and have independence a little quicker, I, I, I had just the ability to look up and see these amazing people accomplishing things in their lives in circumstances that are way harder than anything that I had to endure at the time. And it made me just hungry to be able to just go out there and, and achieve. And for me, what achievement is, is, is how many lives can we touch? How many people can we make a positive impact in? How many people can you have a conversation with? And then they end up better off for it. And that's that's been my just burning desire ever since I was a kid. Thomas, you said your mom had four kids. So you, do you have siblings? Three. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. Dude, this and all makes that, sense to you. <laughs> it, that, that, that also edged my... Yeah, my I wanted to know how that influenced. Thing. I wanted to know how that I'm the youngest of the, I'm, I'm the youngest of the three boys. Okay. And when everything was going on, I was, I was competing for attention from my dad. I was competing for attention from my mom. I was competing directly with my brothers. I was competing in sports. You're trying to figure all these things out. And then you have these wrinkles. Mike, you mentioned, like, you, you know what it's like when things are just different in a military household. And yeah, that, that fueled me to... Like just excel in things. It fueled me just to go nose to grind. So I ended up 
becoming a full ride division one scholarship basketball player from that. When basketball ended, it led me to dive into the business world and launch a couple successful businesses. And from that, it allowed me to have resources to pour back in the community, to give back, to do events, to reach out, to work with the youth, to try to develop programs, to continue moving the ball forward. And it's just, that's something that doesn't, that doesn't stop. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I love that, man. I want to touch on that as well. I want to go back a bit. Uh, two things. One, when I had mentioned, like, you give me you give me vibes of, like, mama mentality, right? It all makes sense. Your mom is a badass. You know, four children, CEO, your father, you know, thank you for his service, a colonel in the army, your grandfather, like, you're the youngest boy. I can see where you get that competitive edge from. Uh, but you had mentioned something that struck me. You said you had to grow up early. Like, you had two parents in a household. They both make money. You had older siblings. Why do you feel that you had to grow up early? Right when my dad started going on more deployments, um, one of my big passion projects is anything with mental health. I've personally gone through bouts of depression. And I've had to fight my own demons. But most importantly, my, my oldest brother, who's one of my biggest role models, he's bipolar, schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. And when he was going through a lot of his own self-growth battles that was right when my dad was gone when my dad gave back came back he had bad ptsd and living in a household where yeah when we did have our entire family together there's there's so much going on and with four kids and understanding that people need to be pouring into my oldest brother kyle people need to be supporting my dad and everyone's somewhat on edge trying to see what's going on i somewhat realized that my best role in that was to almost like take a step back and just try to lessen the burden for anyone around me. So what I mean by that, since fourth grade, it's all right, no, I'm good. I'm gonna ride my bike. I'll get to school. I'll get to my practices. I'll get to games. I'll figure stuff out. Oh, mom's gonna be home late from work today. I'm gonna make dinner for the family. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna step, oh, I see this is going on. Let me go see how I can be of service to the people who I'm closest with. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, more so than stepping back, you stepped up. I mean, like you said, you grew up in that moment. You had to, you had to take charge. Well, in hindsight, as, as an adult now, I, I realize more often than not, for someone to be able to step up, they need to actually step back to mm. assess what's going on. Well said. Because um, what happened with me in New Mexico, and I think one of the reasons that a lot of the animosity ended up spurning over to paradise was I tried to fully step up before really understanding the landscape of, of what the situation was in New Mexico. I was in my own head and I was so worked up to try to be like, all right, well, this is my journey. I did not account for, wait, there's 31 other people here on this journey going through that same exact thing. So what I probably most reckless of is, is coming in with a direct, just this is my journey more so than this is a collective shared experience that's going to end with with a lot of people trying to find love, whether that's with the bachelorette or with themselves, like you need to make sure that you, you cherish those just as much as you cherish anything else. 
Uh, and Thomas, well, what very well said, man. Thomas, what did your family think about you going on the show, and how do they see the way you know you're being portrayed and whatnot? Like, how do they feel about that? It was, it was tough. Um, like, my mom couldn't watch the season of Bachelorette. Like, my mom flat out, she couldn't watch it. My family couldn't watch it. I didn't watch it. It was something I don't necessarily believe in in holding on to just negative components of what other people are saying. Because for me, at the end of the day, it's, it's what someone says about somebody else says more about the person saying those things than an actual person. And one of the things that I'm grateful for in Paradise is we saw that firsthand and the people on that beach in the collective they listened and they acknowledged where people's viewpoints were coming from yet they still took the time to get to know me from me and that was something that was that was one of my biggest blessings from there my grandma she taught me earlier earlier on in life that if you really want to see someone's character and you really want to see what someone's made of put them through adversity put them through distress and the reason why I don't have any qualms about going through the journey that I went through is you both could attack. No one would want to be me, like going through what happened in New Mexico. You don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be the guy that people don't like. And going through all that, it's just, I feel that I, I stayed level-headed. I didn't call anyone out a name. I showed respect, even when things were coming at me, just very very directly and i can say that i'm proud of the way that although it didn't end the way anyone really anticipated i'm proud of the way that things were handled and all i can need to do is try to share love with the guys and share on their growth journey so oh you, you, i mean you, you did the upstanding thing right if someone of your stature six six would do you know just sit, stand back you know be respectful not call someone out of their name uh and that's their character at that point in time uh you mentioned you know, fighting your own demons when you were growing up and having to bounce with depression. Can you speak mm-hmm. to some of that? A lot of it was more so when I was getting a little older. Um, when you're a kid, I mean, things are just normal. I remember growing up and everyone was just like, oh, well, your life must have been so different with your dad on deployments and these things going on. And then I thought that was an odd question. Just like, what do you mean different? I don't have anything to compare it to. That's just what life was. That's, yeah, that's you now. And, and when things started to mature and I'm going through college athletics and I'm having more of these experiences and I'm seeing other people's experiences and I'm reflecting back on my own, just like youth, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. We grew up upper middle class and I was one of the only few minorities actually, like where I lived. Where you mentioned you being half black as well. What, what are you? So I'm, I'm black, um, Russian, Polish, uh, little Native American. Like, I'm, I'm, the funny thing is, everyone thinks I'm Latino, and I'm everything but Latino. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie, man. I got the Latino vibes when I when I saw you on screen. I, it's, 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 it's my dad always jokes around. Well, half jokes around. He's like, you need to go join the FBI because you could be That's put true. into any global That's situation true, and, and look like That's you're one true. of very very ambiguous. But as, as far as the the, the demons, it, it's you realize that with perspective, a lot of the things that you saw were normal are, are just broken things in this world. Um, you mentioned me being six, six and calm. That was something I had to work through. It's something at my stature and the way that I look, if I'm not calm in a situation, things get escalated tenfold. 
-hmm. And it's something we're seeing violence, both amongst brother on brother and both amongst like just the community and the people in the community. And it's something I understood early that I need to be reserved because if I get big and just over the top, like that, that comes across as threatening. And the worst thing that happened to me and what I directly learned this from is like that scares people. And to be the direct result of like seeing fear in somebody's eyes because you're not in control of your emotions. Like that's a, that's not a good feeling. That's something that from an early age, when I started to get bigger, I'm like, I'm never going to be that person. Was that some of the demons that you faced? Yeah. Like, is there like a no, story? So the, 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 so, so the demons that I ended up facing were transitioning away from college athletics and trying to figure out what's going on next. Um, I always felt confident in the things that I had in life. There hasn't really been much that I set my mind forth that I haven't been able to achieve. And I didn't know what was next. When you're growing up and then you are in this structured household where like it's a military family, you know what you're responsible, you know what you're supposed to be doing. And then you go straight into college athletics where everything's regimented tenfold you don't necessarily fully have a sense of your own identity. And although I knew the experiences that I went through and I knew who I was as a person, I didn't know how that would translate to the world. And that started just eating away at me. That started planting seeds of doubt and insecurities in my head. That started saying just like, well, what did you do to deserve any of this? And what's gonna happen next? So when sports were ending, it was, me listening to those conversations in my head versus just like, you no, know, you're a person of abundance. No, you worked your ass off to get here. And I ended up feeding into the thoughts of insecurity. And that led to some really deep depression that led into a career of some really bad injuries where I had surgery, I had breaks, I had a lot of access to pain pills. And when I was in those dark places, I would, I would, lean heavily on that crutch versus the things that make life beautiful and it was it was a dark path of just getting in my own way and and then diving into a life what wasn't fruitful it was it was abusing pain pills and whiskey trying to get away from facing what was next it was just moping around trying to be like all right well i've had it this good like when's the shoe gonna fall like what's gonna happen and then just instead of letting like the enthusiasm and excitement of what's to come next i let the trepidation and fear control my life and that just led into some series of depression and thankfully like i was able to seek out help i was able to have my friends rally around and i was able to pull out of that and it gave me the perspective where i'm able to relate with a lot of these these kids of these athletes these these people trying to figure out their place in the world and help them avoid that circumstance entirely, help them get on their feet and avoid some of the pitfalls that I fell in, help them understand that they're fully worthy of the blessings that this world has for them. And um, like, as much as that sucks, like I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, Thomas, like who in that moment, you know, those tough moments where you were depressed, like who was it that, you know, stepped up and helped you transition yourself into that next phase in life, you know, to be a successful businessman? Mentors, wholeheartedly, it was mentors that I had through the network that I was building through sports. Mm. And I can confidently say I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for the direct actions of two people in particular. And these like for former me, teammates or? No, these are, these, are, these are older people who supported the programs, who supported me through it. J.D. Dudek and John Kurt. They sure. literally pulled me out of it 
they taught me that anything that I wanted to actually work for was achievable, but more importantly, they gave me the tools, they gave me the instructions, they gave me the encouragement to actually go do it. When you see someone who's succeeded in life and then they put that vote of confidence in you and they take it a step further and try to guide you in the same exact like journey that they went on, that changed everything for me. And that's why in my businesses now and in my passion projects now, I try to do that as much as I possibly can. That's why I launched different community events, just community initiatives. That's why I started volunteering, coaching basketball at at-risk high schools. That's why I started pouring back into the military community. That's why I started trying to just change the world in the way that it was changed for me. Because it's at the end of the day, like there's too many people who they have like a mindset of scarcity. There's like, all right, well, this is pouring into me, but I'm going to collect this here because I'm afraid of losing it. Mm-hmm. In my experience, I've already lost all that. I've already gone through all that. And I've seen like what it takes for someone to be successful. So it's like, let's keep this going. Let's pass this through. Let's, let's work in ways where we could build community together and just uplift our brothers and sisters around us. Like, let's change the world. I saw that firsthand through my grandfather. We started off the conversation with him. He put himself through Harvard and Yale as an African-American at times where we didn't have those opportunities. He became the second ever admiral in the United States Navy in a time where you didn't see African-Americans in positions of power, let alone one of the most influential men in the military. He was a U.S. ambassador to two foreign countries under both Republican and Democratic presidents in an era where we were fighting an uphill battle. And the reason he was able to do that was through education, through perseverance, and acknowledging that if you want change in the world, you need to show up as that change. And to have that role model, to have the experience that I had, and to have the mentor system that I had in place, I'll be the first to say, I am so proud that I am not a self-made man. It's something everyone has like this almost stigma, just like, oh, well, I had to go through this trauma and I had to have this hardship and I did it all on my own. It's just like, no, like I want to change that story. I want you to be in a place and I want you to be able to plug in with people where that's not what you have to do. If you want to go far, do it together. Like I don't want someone out there to have to feel like they're, they're in this alone. And sorry, I'm getting worked up. Like this, this is great. great. You're right on the money, bro. Like mentorship is everything. I mean, how many people out there have, you know, these ideas and these dreams, but, they don't have the execution and sometimes or, you know, maybe they can't see a couple steps ahead. You need that somebody with experience, with the knowledge that's gone through it to help you through. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, mentorship is super key. I mean, think about how much impact you've had on all the community work that you've done. You know what I mean? And all those people that you've the lives you've touched and you don't you don't really know how much you've done for them, you know what I'm saying? But just you being there, that's everything. I'm glad that you're getting worked up because this is the Thomas that we want to see that we are able to see on our TV screens, right? This is the Thomas Jacobs that the man that you are. And, you know, we're asking the tough questions to you and you're being honest about everything. And so we appreciate that. I think Bachelor Nation is going to appreciate it too. And, you know, what happens in the future? What happens in the future, right? Um, I'm big on mentorship myself. And so I appreciate you saying that. And it made me smile when you said, I'm happy to say I'm not a self-made man. I was like, I think more people should, you know, feel that way and be proud uh, and happy for their surroundings and the people that they have in their network and in their life because our our network is everything, right? Like you said yourself, you were battling uh, 
you know, some pain, you know, you were abusing pain pills and whiskey and, you know, those people pulled you out of that, right? Those are your network. And so I, I think that's an amazing thing for people to hear. So we appreciate you for that, man. Thomas, while we have you, you know, and speaking to you now and just listening to your outlook and your intellect, what have you learned from your time thus far on The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise? Oh, um, my biggest, what have I learned? I, I, I've learned you're not going to please everybody. That's for damn sure. One of the biggest challenges that I had and one of the reasons why I think things went so sideways for me is I was generally running around trying to make everybody as happy as possible at all times. And more often than not, if you're doing that, you're doing it at the detriment, you're doing it at the sacrifice of yourself. And in going through this journey, what, what, what I've learned is, yes, you need to love and support everyone, but you need to just be a little more diligent of, of, of saying yes to yourself first and your own opportunities because more often than not, in my experience with this show, it's, it's the people who find their position are able to help others so much more than like me trying to have a footing in in sand versus on stone, trying to reach out and grab somebody else. And that, that really ended up pulling me off kilter. So for me, it was just never leave your foundational principles of who you are. When I was in New Mexico, I, I had 28 years of life of going one way. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, well, I'm emotionally charged. I'm just going to dive in this like a bull in the wrecking ball, bull, uh, bull in a china shop. And then it just didn't work because I wasn't true to who I was. It was something where anything that you do, how you show up here is how you show up everywhere. And that's, that's why like in all this, it's just, I wouldn't change a damn thing because like the perspective that it gave and just the solidity of who I am as a person and just understanding that this is where I am in life and that's yeah. okay. And I'm, I'm ready for this next step. Like it was everything to me, man. Yeah, man. Like, it, it's it, awesome you say that. So uh, Brian and I talk about a lot. Uh, if we say something that may not be the most positive about an individual from the show, we always personal. <laughs> we always talk about the fact that this is what they're going through now. Yeah. This isn't their book. This is a chapter within their book, if that makes sense, right? So it doesn't define uh, them. Yeah, it doesn't define Absolutely. who you are whatsoever. You could do the dumbest shit, right, while on your time on TV, but then that's just, you could bounce back tenfold from that because that chapter propelled part two of the book, which is, you know, your, which could be your best part, right? So we never know that. So you're great, bro. Keep, keep, keep doing you in that regard. What if you said you weren't watching The Bachelorette? You've been checking out Paradise? It's so I, I don't have cable. So Neither I, do I. I, I, Neither I, do I. Just, like, He's on his grind all the time, man. He don't have TV. I don't have cable either. I, I don't have, but I do have Hulu. I do have Hulu. Okay. So I actually, I don't even I actually got that. Watched, I watched the latest episode this morning before coming on here. But yeah, I, I haven't, I've seen all the episodes so far and I'm going to continue to watch every single episode of Paradise. There you go. People don't understand like the bonds you have. I freaking love all those people so damn much. And I'm sitting here just like, for example, watching Marissa and Riley go on there. They, I'm sitting there like my blanket and my dog. Like, oh, <laughs> my blanket, my, my God. <laughs> I was like, that's my king. That's my queen right there. Yeah. There's and, something. And, and, and then just. There's uh, something about Ryan? experiencing you know, something that not too many people can experience together. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you just have like a, a bond, kind of like a sports team, right? But like a fraternity, a sports team. So I totally feel you on that. Um, but I want to know, are you happy? 
Like, are, like how, how are you right now in your personal life? Are you dating? Are you single? Are you in a relationship? What's the deal? Are you going to be the bachelor? Yeah. I mean, uh, let, nah, let's let's I, break it all down. I, am, I, I had I, my personal favorite flowers are sunflowers. I'm going to stick to that side of things. I'm done with roses. Yeah, I don't want any of that <laughs> in the world. He's like, I'm a sunflower um, guy. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I can honestly say that I am, I am so damn happy. Like, it's something with everything that's happened. I'm at a point in my life where it's just, it's just nothing's able to knock me off my mindset. And that's just, just abundance of joy, abundance of just like gratitude and everything that's happening in the bachelor. Like that's, that's a huge part of that. And the people who I've met, that's an even bigger part of that. So I know Mike's like, Oh, well, you're not answering the question. Yeah. What's this? What's I mean, is on? there, is there a special but lady in your I life or that- what? Uh, we'll, we'll have to find out. I, I, there you we'll, go. That's how you do it. Thomas, we'll bro, bro, out. my job as a podcast host is to give the people what they want, man. I got to ask the yeah. questions. <laughs> I'm trying to ask you those questions respectfully, though, as well. Yeah, uh, I'm, I will say I'm at a point in my life where I am extremely happy and I'm not I'm not wanting for anything else. I, I wake up and the people who I'm surrounded with, those are the people who I want to actually choose to be with and continue to grow with and continue to surround myself with. And what that leads into, we'll find out. But I'm enjoying every single second of it while we're going through it. I can tell you that much. So we'll we'll see. Thomas, where are you at based out of? San Diego. San Diego. I would love to do some uh, I work with Big Brothers Big Sisters. I would love to do some like co mentoring session for the kids if you ever down for that. Let's do it. Where, where are you at it right now? I'm in Austin. Uh, yeah. Good place. I'll be in Texas in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, yeah, we're like, the, yes, it, anything that you want to do that's community-based, that's literally my entire platform. It's, it's funny. Right before going on the show, I actually had braids just like yours because my, I, I got to say one of my favorite things when you switch to the braids was people with our background, they don't see enough examples outside of rappers, outside of athletes, outside of anything in pop culture as far as like a negative aspect of things with braids and yeah, yeah. to see someone of intellect, to see someone who's a community leader, see someone pouring back into people. So kids who look like us can see someone who looks like them thriving, achieving greatness in their life. Like keep it up, bro. Like just like that, my hair, I cut my hair too short. So the braids are, the braids are gone. <laughs> wow. uh, I feel like, man, I kind of miss mine because it, it just, it's so much more like it, it's, it's, it's given hope to the people, like we said earlier, who just see you and you don't know what that ripple effects going to go into. I appreciate Amen, that, bro. man. I got Amen. so much uh, flack for wearing my do-rag on the, the <laughs> Bachelor franchise. And I was like, look, this is who I am. And I still could be a, you know, we still can be a, a, He's a real one, product bro. of society. Uh, but we, Thomas, you are a real one. We definitely appreciate you today. Uh, last, Lastly, you know, what's next for Thomas? Uh, what's next for Thomas is what, what Thomas has always been. It, it's, I can't believe I just heard myself in third person. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. What, what, He's the rock now, me? baby. Yeah. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson comfort, but what, what's next for me is what, it, what it's always been. It's, it's, I'm going to wake up every single day and I'm going to take account for what I have in my life and I'm going to see how we can share that with others. It's, I've been able to do that through my real estate brokerage and investing in properties of my own and growing my businesses there and meeting a lot of cool people along the way. So it, it's, it's, finding the opportunities to be able to say yes to and just being there open to what the universe end up pouring on 
what I'm seeing soon is a Big Brothers Big Sisters collaboration community event. That's a, that's an exciting opportunity to be able to say yes to and grow that way. But it's just it's just to live in gratitude, live in grace, and just keep pushing that ball forward for all of us. Love it, man. Well, I from this interview, my first time ever speaking to you. I think you're a good looking brother. Got a good head on your shoulders, and you are a confident man who. I think those three things are things that we desire in a bachelor show. Yeah, I, I was, I was about to say, man, I mean, that. I came away impressed. I mean, your bachelor material, if we ever saw any. So kudos to you, man, on uh, just being a stand up guy and living your truth on the show and not listening to all the bullshit that people are saying. <laughs> say it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. Aren't we all, I'm man? I'm just but... a guy who's had a lot of good people on his way. That, that, that's nothing more, nothing less. There we go, man. Well, I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, can't wait to see what you do in the future. We'll link up in Texas. All right, gentlemen. Take care, buddy. Have a good one. Have a good one. Wow, Mike. So great conversation with Thomas Jacobs. Uh, I came away impressed, man. Like, I thought he was very well-spoken, like you said. I thought he had a, a really good head on his shoulders. It looks like, you know, he went through the trials and tribulations from the show, getting the villain edit, right? And, yeah. you know, then it seems like, trying to redeem himself on paradise and then you know they keep on hating on him but like he said man he knows his truth and uh he knows what's in his heart and he can't control everything which is the truth about this this he game can. right so and he's just moving forward and just thinking positively and i love that definitely so i think that you know he spoke about some some not all of his trials and tribulations and a part of i think he's a leader you know from yeah his upbringing to just who he is and a part of being a leader uh, the beginning aspect is learning that you can't control every situation, right? And I think that's what he may have been trying to do is just control and be respectful. And I say that in a respectful light, right? Be, you know, make sure everybody's good in the household, make sure he's zoned in on Katie yeah. and everyone else's as well. And I bring the, I brought the Kobe and Michael Jordan situation up because his, a lot of their teammates didn't like them, but we love them, you know, as competitors and we love them for their accomplishments. And so yeah, yeah. I, I just think that, that that's who Thomas is. I think that we're going to, you know, in his life that he leads, we're all going to sit back and admire and be in awe of the greatness that he does. And he may ruffle some feathers because he's not here to play games. Yeah, and that's and, and okay. Not, like, that's good. <laughs> I was the same way. Like, I went and I, like, my main goal is Rachel, right? Like, yeah. that's who I came here to see if she was the one for me. Like, all the guys on the show, I love you guys, but you came second. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it should be always. Yeah, I say as it should be. Simple you know what that. I'm saying? Like, yes, you, okay, you know, may, he obviously came out with the comment, but at the same time, from what it seemed, it just seems like people were piling on and, uh, you know, he was just focused on Katie the whole time. So I, don't well, know. I like, I like his integrity when I asked him, I said, were you there because you like Katie or for the competition? And he was transparent about that as well. Yeah. I think to him, Katie was more of a, a stepping stone to know that he can yeah. Be vulnerable again. Yeah, and sometimes and that happens, it's right? It's yeah, it's just, like, it's just real. Like we talked about timing. We talked about timing on the last episode. Yeah, so the timing may not have been right. You know, he needed Katie to, you know, bounce up. You right? need to so go. That's, that's you need to get place. dumped. You need to go through that heartbreak. You know, you need to learn those tough lessons in prior relationships so that you could be the best person for the person that you're going to end up with. Yeah, so, so, man. You know, and uh, so on that note, guys. To our listeners, we absolutely love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Definitely so. You know, we always love to hear your opinions, your stories, and your insights. So please don't forget, baby. Come on now. Give us a like, comment, follow, message us on social at Talking It Out BN.
That's Talking It Out, B as in Bachelor, and as a Nation, on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to right now. And baby, don't DM me no more until you hit that subscribe. Love y'all.